Well, welcome back once again to Rhythms of Grace. My name is Nate. I'm here with uh, lead pastor of Grace Church's Sung Kim. And uh, we've been talking about rhythms in lots of different contexts. We've talked about daily rhythms, weekly rhythms, um, rhythms in contrast to, to a life of balance. Um, we, we touched on seasons in our last episode, but we actually want to go deeper because in the same way that, that there are seasons outside, we experience seasons of life. And, and the Bible uses tons of metaphors around those seasons. Um, so uh, so where should we start, Sung? Pick a season, any season. <laughs> Let's start off with the worst season. <laughs> yes. Winter. Summer. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, okay. At least in Michigan, <laughs> That's right? right. Um, like, you know, December's not bad, but by like March or April, you're kind of like wishing winter would be over yeah. and it, it, it just seems like it never goes away. Yeah. And so, yeah, winter is just a fascinating season because it's like cold, dark and dreary. And I think in a lot of ways that reflects a, a season that many of us go through and kind of come back to on a regular basis. And so, you know, what, how I would describe winter in terms of like spiritually, emotionally, it's a season where it's just like you're going through the season of forced inactivity mm-hmm. where things kind of slow down and maybe there's just like a brooding that's going on in, inside your soul. And, you know, the winter solstice is like the darkest night of the year. And, and when when winter comes, that's when more and more there's less light and and more nighttime Mm -hmm. and i think that's how a lot of times depending on either circumstances or just where your soul is we all kind of go through and uh, when you look at the landscape of winter like things begin to die or or, um or it appears so and and winter sometimes never seems to end yeah on the farm, winter it really feels like a time of contraction yeah. in some ways. I mean, we have a lot of acreage, but when winter comes around, we move all the animals closer to the house because I don't want to be walking down to a pasture to do the chores in the morning in winter. Um, and, you know, in the summer, our kids will often spend time down at the pond, which is it's literally a half mile away. Um, or they'll spend time walking in the woods. And in winter, nobody does that. We just like, we all just kind of like, we contract not even on the property, but in our house. We have a wood stove. And in winter, we live in that one room because it's the warmest spot in a very old and drafty house. So there's just this contraction of everything that our lives entail. Yeah. No, and I, I think like I was saying, winter can seem like even though it may not be in reality, like one of the longest seasons, if not in duration, at least in intensity, the cold, you know, it's pretty all consuming and it seems like never, it's never ending. And and in some ways, like there's no way to actually prevent your soul from actually entering into a winter season as much as um, navigating it and maybe stewarding your season in winter. And so we're going to kind of explore what does it look like to enter into winter season and and not only dwell in it, but learn from it and and perhaps even grow from it. Um, I think when I talk to people, uh, winter feels like, uh, man, I've just failed. Mm. Um, Maybe I missed something. Maybe I caused this time to, you know, to happen. And, And a lot of times people think like, oh, it's my fault. Or sometimes they even attribute that to God. Like, you know, if God loved me, then maybe I wouldn't be going through this. Or if I loved him more 
and did the right things, then, then maybe I could have prevented like these circumstances or this darkness that's just hanging over me. Yeah, there is a there is a part of it that's true. I mean, the Bible does say that that a man reaps what he sows. So there mm. there is a way that we can sow in or sort of bring on winter for ourselves. Yep. But the Bible also says like you will face many trials. It's like there is the inevitability of winter even if you're doing everything right. And it's important not to feel like that's a failure necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, so I I think when I think of winter um, one question that comes to mind, maybe I'll post you, Nate, is it, it, what is the difference between like a, a winter season and like depression? Because like I think in winter there is also this sense like things that once brought you delight like no longer do, mm-hmm. whether it's activities or friendships, like they become wearisome and, and it, it, there's this aching loneliness where you don't really savor much in life. And yet, like, sometimes I think, like, oh, that sounds so much like depression. But again, someone who's not, like, who tends towards that way, um, maybe I'd ask you for some insight into that. Yeah, I mean, I think I've been pretty um, transparent in different contexts with my own struggles with anxiety and depression, and I'm happy to talk about them now. For me, the difference between a winter season, which I experience pretty regularly, and what I would describe as something that moves into the area of depression, for me at least, tends to be duration and intensity. Mm-hmm. So there there were a number of years in my life where I knew right around February, March, it was going to be hard. It just always was. I don't know if it was seasonal, you know, uh, what is it, seasonal affective dif- disorder yeah. or whatever. I don't know what caused it, but, I, but there was a season of my life where I knew if I could just make it through February, I would be okay. Um, But I've also had times where um, I hit what should feel like a a spring or summer. And when I would normally be firing on all cylinders and I just, I I feel, in fact, that's one of the conversations I had with a doctor, which is like, it feels like February it's September and it feels like February. And that scares me. Um, So just looking ahead, knowing that things were just probably going to get worse going forward. That's the easiest way to, to, um, or that's a simplistic way to look at it. Mm -hmm. But what I think is helpful is that regardless, whether it's a a short season or a valley, let's say, or really sort of like a medically diagnosed depression, the rhythms for each of those is very, very similar. And so as we get into that, I can talk about kind of how I've maybe used those in uh, in a valley and used them when I've really, when it's been eight, 12 months of struggle. Um, but they are very, very similar. Yeah. No, my wife also experiences uh, a mild f- uh, form of uh, seasonal affective disorder. And we actually came to call it the Februaries because mm-hmm. <laughs> it would just come around every year. Yep. I reached a point where I never made any major life decisions in February <laughs> because every, I, I looked back and, and there had been several years in a row where I had changed something drastic in February. And I realized, oh, that's not because my circumstances always align that something needs to change in February. It's that I find February unbearable. <laughs> and so I change whatever something. I change whatever I can. That is not a good strategy for dealing with the valley. <laughs> By the way, it did not work well. But that was that was what kind of clued me in that I had a case of the Februaries every year. 
Yeah, and if you have a friend or know somebody who either experiences any of these, whether it's a season of winter or depression or anxiety, like I think the worst thing you could do is just like give them like a pep talk or just throw some Bible verses, half-true platitudes. I mean, they basically end up being useless advice, kind of like, hey, you know, I've had people, different people say some form of, I know exactly how you feel. I went through that last month for a day and I just slept it off. And just like this anger rises in you when people say something so in, in such a trivial kind of way. Yeah. And for me, even more um, harmful or, or painful than anger is kind of the sorrow of like feeling misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of that that response can actually make me and I think it's true for other people feel an increased sense of loneliness because it's like you don't understand and you're pretending you do I am all alone in this experience really truly nobody knows what I'm going through that's why you want to be careful like pep talks you know just don't don't are are rarely helpful yeah so I I think when I think of winter the darkness of winter i think people just feeling um like god is distant or even absent and feeling all alone um you know i I think one one of the uh, i mean in a in a in a dark kind of brooding way uh a frightening but also a a very uh, one of my favorite verses uh in the psalm is psalm 88 where again he, he the psalmist it's actually the sons of korah they say, uh, you have taken from me friend and neighbor. And they close by saying, darkness is my closest friend. Um, that, that's kind of scary. Uh, just, just to think like darkness is your closest friend because you feel like God is hidden in the darkness and almost like your friends have disappeared on you. Mm-hmm. They've abandoned you, maybe even rejected you. Um, and so this is, a, this is a really hard time. And so like we want, we want to talk about like, yeah, how do we navigate and steward the season? Yeah. You know, one other part of winter seasons that where I feel like the physical aligns with the spiritual or mental um, is also for us. And I, I briefly mentioned my drafty house. Winter <laughs> is a time of sometimes extreme discomfort. Like there, there is no, pl- well, now that we have a wood stove, it's different. But for years, there was literally no place in our house to get warm. I mean, just to give you a perspective, in the winter, when the wind blows, we actually have doors in our house that creak because <laughs> it's just, it is literally just that drafty. And so it didn't matter where you were, you couldn't get comfortable. And, and I'm, I'm much warm. I'm, I'm much more warmer blooded than my wife is. She literally would just say, Nate, I'm just, my, my feet hurt for six months out of the year. They're just, I'm just so cold. She would take showers just to warm up. Yeah. Um, and I think of that spiritually and mentally as well. There have been seasons where I feel like there is no like safe place for my mind to rest, whether I'm, whether I start to ruminate on my marriage or whether I ruminate on my job or my children or the nature of the world or my hopes and dreams, it, it all feels broken and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's, that's another, that's another way that I experience winter. Just when I find myself so uncomfortable in my life, I just feel like, and I I mentioned it, I will change anything Mm -hmm. because nothing fits right now um yeah that's another way i experience winter yeah and i think especially as we think about winter and and seasons in winter like i think we need to cultivate different habits in different seasons right you don't you don't like 
cut your lawn during winter. You you don't like clean your chimney in, in the, I don't know, in the spring or the, uh, you know, like you, you shovel the, the snow in winter. Like right. you don't, you don't plant corn in January and you don't transplant your trees in July. Right. Or do you? No, don't, you don't. I, okay. You don't. <laughs> I'm just taking a stab <laughs> in the dark there. And so each season has its suitable tasks and, 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 and duties and even limits. Like you, there are seasons when you need to stop. And I, I think winter is a bit of season where you have to like uh, examine and, and like let go of unneeded responsibilities or drop burdens of useless activity. And COVID has been kind of that for a, a lot of people where you just realize, oh man, there's so much excess in my life. And we'll get to this soon, but about pruning, like um, that, that you, there, there's a lot of dying and death um, and, and just withering that's going on. Yeah. For me, I love the first snowfall, the big first snow of winter because it forces inactivity. Um, I've come to appreciate that. It's similar if you work in the trades, you know that if, you, if you're supposed to be working outside and you get a rainy day, guess what? You have the day off. And as long as you can still pay your bills, it's like, hey, free vacation, you know? <laughs> um, but for me, there, there is a, I've, I've come to find a beauty in that forced inactivity because I'm unable to do the things outside that I once did. It's much harder for me to make that same connection to spiritual winters, but I think it's there. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think learning to look for that as as a blessing um, and as an opportunity is one of the ways that that we can work our way through a, a dark season. Yeah, I mean, I think spiritually, what winter means is you're not trying to add things. Yeah like in terms of your spiritual practices and rhythms, like this is not that it's actually time to maybe cut things like all the tangled branches of your life, uh, burdens. And and you realize like all the trivial pursuits that you've been pursuing during winter. Um, and, and there are people or situations in your life that are actually harmful to you that you actually need to get rid of. Or there may be even spiritual disciplines that you've just been doing out of duty. And there is a place for that. But like, uh, maybe you need to recalibrate in your life. And, and I think when I think of winters, uh, and sometimes that's brought on by circumstance, um, maybe trials or challenges that you're going through. And other times like there's just this, there's no reason, like everything about your life seems really sunny, but you, you just feel this like darkness, this cloud over you. And and, I mean, I, 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 I know feeling that and, and you just feel like, crying for no reason even though everything in your life is going fine yeah yep and and i think that's also a time of winter um so um one thing that i I think i want to throw out there in terms of like a habit or um a rhythm to navigate during winters um and, and i would say even though winter is a time where you're contracting um it still requires work that calls forth uh, even if it's this dormant reserve uh, of fortitude that maybe you didn't know you had. Like winter, like you have to go out and shovel the snow or de-ice your car. And so uh, like in some sense, it, it is work and it's going to feel like work, especially during winter. But one of the practices I think is just prayer. Now that seems like a, like a um, cliche answer, but, but, but for me, prayer during winter looks very, very different than prayer during summer. Like prayer during winter, like you said previously in another episode, like 
uh, I have to depend on written prayers of other people just because I don't have the words to say. Uh, an, an, like uh, another form of prayer for me is actually listening to music, um, especially worship music. There are songs that give voice uh, to groans that I feel that like when I listen to it, I just like something in me will, you know, like all the rest of the year, I will just shove my emotions and feelings down, you know, bury it. And sometimes during winter, like music will just awaken something in me. Um, and, and like all these emotions and tears that I didn't know that I had. I love how music has the ability to sort of bypass our conscious processes in some ways. And I and that's why it is so valuable in a winter season. At least for me, my winters are often also characterized by like mental hyperactivity. Um, as I as I kind of can't get past a certain issue or concern or worry or fear. Um, and the beauty of music is that it like it, it skips past all that, yeah. you know, and, and can bring a comfort that you can't sort of process your way through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, in fact, I have a, uh, a playlist on Spotify that I specifically reserve for. <laughs> when I feel like this, I, I, it's actually called dark night of the soul. Mm. A- and I, I list songs in there that are just like, you know, th- for example, there's one song by, um, all, it's called reason to sing. A- and, um, it's, it's, it's the first song on that playlist. And, and it just starts off by saying when the pieces seem too shattered to gather off the floor and all that seems to matter is that I don't feel you anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even reading those words <laughs> brings, uh, some deep emotion in me um, and, and those words. And, and again, I, I probably have like a dozen songs in there that I will just listen to over and over again, just because, and, and for me, that becomes my prayer. Those songs, the lyrics and the chords and the melody, and, and especially the minor keys, they give language to what I feel in my heart, the groanings in my heart. Like uh, Paul talks about in Romans chapter eight, the groaning in your heart that like, I can't express what I feel, but sometimes when I listen to music, um, that playlist, uh, that does something uh, for my soul that even like spoken words can't do. Yeah. One other way that I've prayed in um, winter seasons is that I will literally just pick one verse that seems to speak to me and, and I will just say it over and over and try to make it prayerful, um, but not try to add anything to it or you know, bring up an insight, literally uh, just repeat that verse either out loud or in my mind sort of over and over and over. And I have found in winter seasons, sometimes things like the the breathing prayer that, you know, Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, son of God on the intake and have mercy on me, a sinner um, on the outtake. uh, Like those can be really really helpful because they again in the same way music does it kind of moves me past my brain and lets really like my soul and my spirit engage with god in a way that mentally i'm just not equipped to do right yeah and i think that's really important to engage in prayer during winter seasons because when you go through winter uh winter will either kill (laughs) your your soul or awaken Mm. something that's dormant in your soul 
Um, and, and maybe that's the next thing that the, the, the next idea we could kind of go into into the whole idea of pruning, because what happens in winter is even as uh, even as fall transitions into winter and leaves start to fall, all you see is like this naked, unsightly tree bending in the wind. And uh, but yet there's something deeper going on underground. Yeah, for me, it's one of the beauties of uh, of winter and fall, which is that everything above the ground on a tree goes dormant and literally looks dead. But under the ground where the roots are, they never go dormant. And so anytime there's an opportunity for them to take in nutrients or grow a little bit, if the soil warms up, they, they continue to grow. It's why we transplant in the fall. Because if you transplant in the spring, which you can do, all of the tree's energy goes into making leaves and producing fruit, and it's all kind of up and above. But when fall and winter comes, it doesn't necessarily have, it hasn't worked on its root structure hardly at all. Uh, but if you transplant a tree in late fall and winter, all of its energy goes into its roots growing. So when spring and summer comes, it has this foundation where life is just ready to just like explode out of it. Um, and and it's, it's our, our orchard, we have an orchard of about 60 or 70 trees. In winter, it looks awful you know i mean it's just it's just like these bare sticks you know in the in the front of our farmhouse but the beauty is to know that underneath those trees are getting ready to do what god made them to do to produce fruit in spring yeah so let's get a little personal here nate um tell me about a, a season um uh, of winter that you've gone through, kind of describe it and, and just how you've navigated through, let's say, that specific winter. Yeah, the, the, the most recent season of winter for me was uh, probably a year ago, maybe a little bit more. Um, and, and that was really where September felt like February. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and September is usually one of my favorite months. You know, everything is beautiful. I love the cold weather and, um, uh, just really felt like nothing was going right. I, what I ended up feeling like was like, if something doesn't change, I'm going to lose my mind. I, I am so uncomfortable in every area. Um, I, I literally don't know what to do next. I have, over the course of numerous valleys, put a, a number of practices in place, and we've talked about those in earlier episodes, which in many ways sustain me, um, I reached a point where it felt like they weren't sustaining me anymore, and it didn't feel like it was uh, like a valley that I was going to come to the end of anytime soon. And so while I kept those things going, which is the beauty of rhythms and habits, they're actually easier to keep than to change, I really had to rely on other people in my life to do the things and take some of the steps that I felt like I was unable to. And I, I think I may have mentioned this earlier, but I, I did. I asked my wife, I'm like, honey, I, I can't pick up the phone. Can you please, can you please get me an appointment with a therapist? Can you please get me an appointment with a doctor? Um, and so th- that, that, those are really the two things that I do. And, and again, you know, if we talk about um, Ignatius, he talks about seasons of desolation and consolation. And one of the main things he says about seasons of consolation, where everything is amazing, he is saying you need to prepare for a season of desolation that's coming. And so I, I was really thankful that a lot of those things were in place, that I had a real open relationship with my wife, 
and I could share honestly how hard things were for me. Um, uh, I was really thankful that I, I worked at the church and that I was surrounded by people that were checking in and, and cared for me. But at the end of the day, um, I had two things. I had a series of rhythms that were helpful, and I had people that I could lean on. And apart from that, uh, I, d- I don't know that the valley would have ended for me. I don't know that it would have. Um, it was, I mean, I believe God is gracious, but it was a dark time. It was, it was usually I'm, I'm unafraid in those times, even though I'm really sad. And this was the first time that I really felt afraid. Like, I don't, I don't see a light at the end of this tunnel. You know, I feel like I'm going to be sad for the rest of my life. (laughs) That's, that's really how I felt. Now, I don't think that was true, but in that moment, that was all I could see. Um, and thankfully my family and friends and, you know, co-workers rallied around me and really helped me take some significant steps towards health. Yeah, it's interesting when you share that because in one sense, um, when I think back to last September, it's not like we could people could see you and go, oh, he's going through winter, Yeah. right? In fact, I think especially when people go through winter, the temptation is just to put on a smile so you don't have to explain. Absolutely. <laughs> or... or uh, or uh, the uh, the temptation for me, on the other hand, is like during winter, like I don't want to stop, mm-hmm. like just keep busy. Yeah, so or double down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so I think the way we deal with winters are just very different. I, 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 you know, when I think of a winter experience I've gone through, and this was years ago, so many of my winters are uh, entwined with uh, ministry because so much of my life is kind of wrapped around that, and so everything like whether it's a, a sense of loss you know um um staff members or uh friends uh, um you know either moving or you know there was a point where i had to let go of, of somebody like th- those were times of extreme loss and for me there's you know uh very different from you usually i feel very confident uh, moving forward and in the midst of the loss, like, I, I think I did pause a bit because there was just a lot of tears that were shed. But there, at the same time, almost right after that, I just wanted to keep going so I didn't have to dwell in some of these messy, dark feelings. Yeah. And, and so it was just go, 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 go. And that always comes back to bite you. And, and you need to process. If you don't process that now, if you don't grieve that now, you will have to grieve it at some point. Yeah. And so I, I think just... Um, uh, I, I think so for us, you know, like in the loss and, and the grieving that I've felt a lot of times when you go through winter, it feels like whether it's circumstance or God himself, it feels like a, like you're being maimed. Mm. Uh, but actually what's happening, like we talked about here about roots, like, you know, God is actually sculpting you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what feels like just a depletion of your energy and reserves it, actually there there's a it, god's creating the source of abundance for the future and, and i think that's that's the thing to remember like when when it feels like god is depriving you more than bestowing upon you when it feels like you know what's actually happening is he he's cultivating something greater in you yeah i've found coming out of seasons of winter dark winters of the soul one of the things that i often end up missing is how close god And I think some of that comes out of my own desperation, feeling so desperate that I, I, the only thing I can do is turn to God. And that those have been looking back, I I don't want to reenter them, but I have found that I miss how close God felt that every breath felt like a prayer. Um, 
again, yep. prayer of desperation, which gets tiring in and of itself, but there was a beauty there. There absolutely was a beauty to the closeness of God. Yeah, especially when I do feel that desperation. I, I just, you know, and, and my experience and encounter with God just feels so different. Uh, I, I, I always tell myself, hey, when you're going through summer, you need to stay this desperate for God. Mm. And then when summer comes along and things are comfortable, <laughs> I always lose that yeah, sense, yeah. which is part of the reason why God continues to bring us back into winter so that we don't lose that sense of desperation and dependence on him. Yeah, yeah. we need those seasons of inactivity and reflection. Yeah. We really do. And, and leaning into them as opposed to um, like trying to continue as if they weren't happening, I think it's really important for, uh, for our growth. You know, uh, some of my, again, in, in, in addition to proximity with God, some of my most kind of revealing times of, of self-discovery happen in winter. Again, there's negatives there, right? Like there's a whole lot of nasal gazing, gazing and sort of, you know, um, bemoaning my situation. But there's a deep, deep, reflection on myself and in those seasons i learn things and and in and those learnings can then be applied to a spring or a summer right yeah so what does that mean for you to uh not only enter into a season of winter but learn from it and actually come out the other side stronger and better and the question i want to some final thoughts, um, just w- what are some things that you need to let go of in terms of unneeded responsibilities during the season? What, what are some burdens of useless activities that you should just drop because it's just a tangled mess in your life? And uh, this isn't to encourage irresponsibility, but it's to encourage simplicity in your life. Uh, what do you have to do less of so you could be more of? That's so good. I think the last thing I would say about season of winters is that you have to give yourself grace. Mm. You have to you have to be compassionate to yourself because it's hard to let go of things. We tend to live like we should always be in spring, summer, or even fall. Right. And it's not true. Um, and f- trying to force yourself to live that way or feel that way when really winter is coming, it it it, it makes it so much worse. My my final thought is that God has grace for you. Mm -hmm. You need to learn to give yourself that same grace. That's a good word.